0: Hey friends, I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Erin Cusio, and this is Room for Lovely. Each week, we'll bring you incredible guests with relatable stories and encouraging wisdom who remind us to look for the loveliness in every single day. Because while not all of life is lovely, there is room for loveliness in every single season. Well, guys, it's just me this week. It's been a bit since I've done a solo episode, and to be honest, that was not my plan for today's release. But I couldn't quite shake the feeling in my heart, and I wondered if maybe somebody else might be feeling the same way as me. And so, as God sometimes does, he ripped the rug right out from under me and sent me in a different direction. Last week, my guest was Jason Cohen. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, do yourself a favor and go back and take just a few minutes to catch up. It was a hugely encouraging story about Jason's decision to first embark on a weight loss journey and second to embark on a 100-mile foot race. I felt wide-eyed and captivated the whole time Jason and I were chatting. And then I sat down to edit the episode and I felt every word hit me in the chest all over again. Listening to Jason's story was encouraging, but it was also convicting. There was one part in the conversation where he emphasized the idea that his journey was ongoing. And he mentioned with patient calmness that it took over three years for him to lose more than 120 pounds. He also confidently reminded us that it took over two decades for him to put the weight on. So in the scheme of things, three years wasn't that bad, was it? Maybe that's the part that really got me. I like instant results. I like quick fixes. I like clear paths. And when things go according to plan, I don't like to wait and I don't like to be patient. I want to clearly see the dominoes tumbling in the right direction as everything falls into place in an orderly fashion. But life isn't always like that, is it? In fact, we could probably argue that life is almost never like that. Things often don't happen quickly or clearly or without a little mess along the way. Jason's story was about weight loss, but it was also about running the race. And I'd bet that many of us are running some kind of race of our own. Two years ago this week, I tiptoed out in faith and did something that I have never done before. With the non-negotiable push from my sweet husband, I flew across the country to the Oaks Retreat Center with Bob Goff, and for the first time ever in my life, I invested three days in me. I didn't fully understand why I was going or what it would mean to me to have been there, but in truth, those three days changed the entire trajectory of my life. I don't say that lightly. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about the Oaks probably multiple times. Maybe you're even thinking, girl, okay, we get it. You love the Oaks, and I do. But more than anything, I think it's because the Oaks was the starting line to my own 100 mile race. I had done a lot of work in the few years before to heal and grow, and being there felt like the marker that I was going to put that to the test and see if I could run. Not an actual foot race, but a race of endurance, a race of persistence, a race of trust and courage and faith. It's been two years now since those few days. Sometimes it feels like yesterday, and sometimes it feels like an entire lifetime ago. I'm still running. And lately, if I'm being honest with you and with myself, I sometimes feel like I'm just not making much progress. And so I get discouraged. I wonder if it's all worth it or if I'm worthy of this calling that I'm trying to pursue, and I start to listen to the little voices of doubt and discouragement and shame that begin to make a whole lot of noise about what I am not capable of. Two months ago, I went back to the Oaks. The noise was loud and my heart was tender. I wondered what was next for me, and I feared that maybe I was losing ground in the momentum I had built up so far in my race. There was a new group of people there, and other than the staff at the Oaks, I didn't really know anyone at all. But bit by bit, as I shared some of my story, as I shared about the original trip to the Oaks, the fire that it lit inside of me, and the stops along the race since then, a few people said, wow, look how much you've gotten done in these last two years. That's really inspiring. And for a moment, for just a moment, I paused on the course. I allowed myself to look back. I saw the journey for what it truly was. I saw the miles behind me instead of only the infinite distance that was looming ahead. And my perspective shifted. I had a little more courage to turn around, focus my eyes on the road in front of me, and keep running. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says this, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Maybe we don't all have a hundred pounds to lose, but we all have things that weigh us down, things that get in the way of our forward progress and trick us into believing that we aren't seeing any movement in the race. But there is a key to this verse that unlocks the ability to run with endurance. Keep your eyes on Jesus, He is the author, He is the finisher. We do the running, but he sets the course. Do you know when I find myself most weary? Do you know when it is that I start to believe that maybe I'm not making any real progress or that none of this really matters or that maybe the best is behind me so I should probably just stop running? It is when I take my eyes off of Jesus. When I start looking around at everything else, when I feel the intensity or discomfort of my current circumstances, when I try to do it all through my own strength rather than His, it is in those moments that I find myself struggling to continue the running. But when I pause and I consider His faithfulness, when I pause and consider how far I've already run, When I pause and think about all of the things that he has led me to that I never could have done without him, when I pause and reset my focus on him, that makes all the difference. This last time at the Oaks, the workshop was led by Bob Goff and Mike Foster. These two men have become encouraging mentors to me, and I am forever grateful for all of the wisdom that they have given me and their ability to simply speak truth into my life. One morning while I was there, I was sitting in the main living area, having some coffee and preparing for the day. Bob, with his jovial smile and red socks cap, made his way over to me and sat down. Good morning, sunshine. Tell me, what does it feel like to be you these days? What a question. As I began to unpack some of my victories and many of my fears, Bob looked me square in the eye and gave me a reminder that I want to share with you. You already have everything you need to live a life of purpose for the Lord. This statement hit me like a ton of bricks. I think so often in our lives, we get trapped by the lie that we will do something great when. We will step out in faith when. We will have achieved success when. But we already possess everything we need to live a life of purpose for Jesus. We simply need to step out and do it, step out in faith. Step out and be bold. Step out into the lane that we know darn well we're supposed to be running in. We cannot allow fear to have the last word in our lives. I recently heard a quote that said, Failure is a teacher. Regret is a weight that you carry. So get going. Throw it aside and run your race. Trust that God has placed everything you need inside of you. And then remember that you can't do it all alone anyway. So be sure to keep your eyes on him. And then there was Mike. Mike is a gentle giant, and though his stature is well over six feet, he meets you right where you are with a humble kindness. After one of our sessions, I was talking to Mike at the back of the room. I mentioned to him that I was scared. Scared of going back to living a life that wasn't brave. I have worked so hard to overcome so many fears in my life, and I have accomplished some things that I am really proud of. But Mike, what if I just go back to living quietly instead of boldly and not using the gifts that God has given me, I asked. And with a firm tenderness and a look that pierced me right to the core of my soul, he said, hear me, there is no going back. You can never go back to the person you once were because you aren't that person anymore. It simply isn't an option. And maybe you need that reminder too. Maybe you've worked hard to overcome some of the weight that entangles you in your life. You've run diligently, shedding the baggage of fear and anxiety, and you've learned to begin to walk more authentically. But every now and then, that imposter syndrome creeps in. Who do you think you are? And you start to wonder, who do I think I am? And you feel the fear start to rise that tells you maybe you should just sit on the sidelines, quit running. I want you to hear me that there is no going back. You can never go back. You aren't that person anymore. It simply isn't an option. You have gained too much to let yourself be sidetracked now. Keep running. Friend, we are now 75 episodes into the Room for Lovely podcast. Sometimes, honestly, I'm tempted to stop running. But every time I get a little bit discouraged, every time I feel a little off track, every time I wonder if any of this really matters, God sends me the reminder that this work does matter. 2023 is almost done and 2024 is laying gloriously ahead. What will we do with it? Don't wait until January to start running your race. We've got two more good months ahead. Keep moving forward with one step at a time as you make progress on the path that God has for you. Remember that it's only yours. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Quit comparing yourself and simply run in your lane. Remember that it won't happen overnight. Nothing good ever does. Sometimes you might have to pause and turn around to see all the miles you've already covered. But when you turn back around, set your focus, place your eyes on Jesus, and run your race. Because that, that will make some room for lovely.